listening to Grotto Pod. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, today we have with us uh, Cornelius Eady. And uh, I'm so excited to be able to uh, talk to you. And I wanted to thank you for coming on the Grotto Pod. Well, thanks for inviting me. First of all, since the uh, Grotto listeners, a lot of our listeners are uh, maybe oriented towards fiction or nonfiction novels, uh, maybe you could just uh, tell our listeners a little bit about maybe a thumbnail biography or, or you know, what you're up to now and maybe a sketch of uh, okay. your career. Well, the, the thumbnail would be that I was born and raised in upstate New York in Rochester. Um, and uh, you know, I've, been, I've been writing since I was a teenager. Um, um, right now, um, I've been doing, you know, I've done theater, I've done music, um, I'm still doing music. Um, and uh, right now, I'm, I've taught at a number of places. Right now, I'm teaching at the University, um, State University of New York at Stony Brook. All right. And how many uh, books of poems? Are primarily, you're known about as a eight. poet. About, about eight, 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 eight books, books of poetry. Out, out books. And, and tell me some of the, or listeners, some of the awards you Oh, sure, 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 sure. Well, I've, I've won things like the Lamont Prize. Um, back in the 1980s, 1985, 86, um, I've been, um, I've won um, Guggenheim's, I've won, you know, NEA grants. Um, uh, let's see, I've gotten a couple of um, of, of um, uh, residencies at places like uh, Bellagio. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's it's, it's uh, you know the, the usual stuff. I mean, in, in, you know, my one of my books, the third book, was nominated for uh, a Pulitzer. Um, my play, um, adaptation of my play um, um, of, of uh, Brutal Imagination, uh, won the uh, Oppenheimer Award for the best uh, American um, play of that year. I think it was 2001. Um, and um, um, I was a librettist for an opera that uh, musician Deidre Murray did called Running Man. Right. And that was, a, that was a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize that year. Right. Yeah, that's just an amazing uh, resume. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, that's one of the things I find so interesting about you. I mean, on, on one level, you're uh, maybe considered an academic and a poet, primarily a poet of the page. But uh, you're, the breadth of what you're a, a, a singer, songwriter, uh, you've written for the theater right. and uh uh, it's just amazing the, the the breadth of the things you do and do so well. So uh, anyway, uh, I guess I wanted to talk to you a little bit about. Uh, I mean, I should j- just be upfront. You're here to do a uh, a spoken word jazz yeah, right, event yeah, this at evening, the yeah. at Lit, with Litquake. Yes, and you're kind enough to come yes. in and, and talk to us. Uh, so uh, why don't we start with that? Okay. Uh, I think that's a good way okay. to get into this. Uh, like, how does one uh, do poetry, like poetry from the page, uh, with jazz? Like, what do you th- think about? Because it seems to me, at least conventionally what mm-hmm. I've heard, uh, poetry for the page has its own music. And somehow when you try to overlay that with jazz, it's... Uh, well, it can, it can, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Okay. Um, it's about listening. 
right? I mean, you've done improvisation, right? And you've, you've worked in the theater, so you know that most of, of theater is, is listening to the other the other performers, right? It's listening to the other actor. If you're in a scene, it's, it's about listening. Um, and I think it's the same idea with uh, with, with playing with uh, musicians and, and, and jazz. It can go two ways. One way it could go is it's simply that it's a conversation, two different conversations going on on the stage, but you're in two different rooms. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right, right. Um, or it could be that you're basically listening very hard to one another so so that so that even though it's it's set on the page um, you're listening to what the musicians are doing you're hoping you're going to be able to sort of enter into what they're doing and they're going to be listening to what you're saying and they're going to be hearing those those um, those, those those lines as opportunities to to riff right exactly. so 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 when it works it works really well exactly yeah I mean I, that was uh, I remember beginning I done improv for about 10 years here in the Bay Area and did some long form. And I remember beginning, my teacher said the main thing is, George, I can tell your eyes are looking up. You're right. thinking about what you're going to say. Right, exactly. Don't do that. Yeah, you, can't, yeah, you just have to you just have to jump in, right? right. And, and it's about listening. It's about being able to, to, to read the, the other person. So when it works, it works really well. When it doesn't work, it, you know, yeah, it can be kind of mm, <laughs> just, 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 you know, meandering maybe is the nice, nice polite way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, and, but, 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 you know, it's, it's about taking a risk, you know? Right, being able to, to to jump in and seeing where it's going to be, and even though, the, like I said, the poems can be set on the page. Let me tell you something that an um, uh, African American poet uh, taught me about this. Um, his name was Michael Harper. He's been dead for a few years. Oh, Michael Harper, love Michael. Oh yeah, Harper. Michael Harper's great, great guy. And when, and when I when I was a teenager, he came in to to Rochester mm-hmm. uh, to do a summer workshop at the University of Rochester, and I got a scholarship to this workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only had Harper for five days. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but what he taught me about this, when he did his reading, mm-hmm. is I think around the time his first book came out, John Jill Cotrain, so I don't know what year that is, probably in the late uh, 70s, early 80s, something like sure. that. Sure. Um, he had, uh, his reading was was uh, was against a, uh, a reel-to-reel tape of, of John Coltrane doing A Love Supreme, oh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, and yeah, so he read his poem, Brother John, uh, uh, against that, and that was the first time I ever heard Poetry and jazz um, together. Right. Never, never encountered that before, right? Right, right. right. You know, I mean, I knew about it in terms of the beats and stuff like that, but I never heard it, right? And um, and that was really impressive. And, and what Harper told me was that the um, when you hear a solo, what you, the solo is actually it's a narrative. The, the the soloist is actually telling his or her story. You know, it's a narrative mm-hmm. of beginning, middle, and end. Um, and, and I took that to mean. That, for example, um, on the page, it, it's 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 stationary on the page, right? You have you, you have the lines, you have the stanzas, you know, it, it's set up. But when you read it, you you have the you have the permission to actually go off the page. I see what right. you're saying. Right. So you right. can stop. You yeah. can go yeah. back. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. You can run right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so so once you, so you can riff, right? Mm-hmm. And from that point on, mm-hmm. um, I started doing my readings differently. You know, I, I didn't. I didn't necessarily uh, go and read the poem without music. You know, of course, I was just doing readings, but I wouldn't read them necessarily the same way as they're written on the page. And, you know, mm-hmm. my, my rationale was that it was kind of like you know the um, um, you know um, uh, uh, Thelonious Monk does April in Paris. We all know what the what the melody of April mm-hmm. in Paris is, but you know how he explodes it when he, right, right, when right, he plays right, it, right? right? So I felt I, I made the equivalent to the page that the that the page is set. But you're not obligated to stay in the melody. <laughs> That's such a uh, – I, I never heard that 
expressed quite that way. Yeah, but yeah, yeah that's that, that that's really sharp. And I hadn't people don't I don't know maybe some people don't think of Michael Harper. He I, I did meet him one time, and uh, yeah, what a generous man. Yeah, and, yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, that's great. Okay, so I'm now I'm really excited about tonight. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll see what we'll see, but well, yeah, but but that's, but that's that's the way I usually approach these things. Yeah, right, yeah. right. And, and I think that's the thing about improv, whether it's uh, this spoken word uh, jazz thing, or whether you're doing dramatic or short form improv, is sometimes it's brilliant, and sometimes it just yeah. fall, you, you don't yeah. know, but it's yeah. because yeah. you're taking risks. And the other thing, of course, is that understanding that if you if it doesn't work, you won't die. <laughs> yes, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person or a bad poet, or you know, you know, you know what I mean. I mean, you're, you're going to live. You know, you'll go on the thing. You'll do something else. Maybe the next night will be better than the right. night before. The next gig right. will be better than the night before. Right. But they don't always work. You know. Yes. So, so you have to be ready for the for those moments when it doesn't work. But you take right. the chance. That's, yes. that's the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think audiences like seeing that uh, tightrope walk. Yeah. Uh, yeah exactly. It's it's very... Uh, yeah, it's fun to do. It's fun. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. All right. I'd like to switch to... Uh, you've done a couple of projects recently, and I'd like to, to get uh, to those. Uh, the first is you have a... Um, a chapbook, I think, coming out from, uh, is it Kelly Wampus Press? Yeah, Wampus. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell us about that project? I, I'm referring to one you recorded in Memphis, Tennessee, in November of last year. Yeah, right. Uh, it's on studio. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so tell us a little bit about that. Well, the genesis of this happened when one of the guitarists in my trio, my acoustic trio, uh, acoustic folk trio, um, uh, Lisa Liu, went down to uh, Memphis f- just for a vacation with her with, with her wife. And um, Lisa is, is a great, you know, you know, I'm going to say smoozer. She's good. She's good with people, right? And, <laughs> and, and so, so, so Sun Studio is, um, uh, is a museum during the day and a working studio at night. I didn't know that. Uh, and, you know, uh, so so people go in during the day, and you know, you see this is where Elvis, you know, recorded, and this is wow. where you're, 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 <laughs> so we get to see them. Then and then in the evening, it, it's a working studio. Okay. Yeah, and um, um, and Lisa, you know, chatted up one of the um, engineers there, um, and had a great conversation with him, and came back to, uh, to New York. Uh, all fired up about Sun Studio. I mean, she was wearing a Sun Studio T-shirt. She was, <laughs> she was like, we, got, we have to go and record in Memphis. We got to do this. It's got so cool. And uh, and 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 I mentioned this to um, to uh, Sammy Sammy uh, Greenspan, who was the editor of uh, publisher of, of Katie Wampus. Mm-hmm. She's she's been wonderful in that she's been um, pretty much uh, producing. Um, uh, all the music I've been doing the last few years mm-hmm. um, and, and uh, releasing them as chapbooks at, you know, for the press. And uh, 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 and we thought about She thought about it and said, yeah, that's a great idea. Well, why don't you guys do that? And, and many of the songs that are on that chapbook, in that chapbook, um, are basically songs that are dealing with, you know, social stuff, race, things like sure. that. But the very first the very first song on, on that on that project uh, is about um, an African-American, about a slave um, in Virginia back during the Civil War um, named Sam Bolton. And uh, what he did was that uh, his, his master loaned him out to work on the, the railroad. Gonna stop walking to the RFP. I won't stop walking till I'm free. Gonna stop walking to the IFP. I won't stop walking until I'm free. Gonna stop working for Mr. Marmaduke. He gave my sweat to the railroad. The rails are iron, but they hate chains. And 
never see my face again Gonna start walking to the IFD I won't stop walking until I'm free And Sam was working on the railroad one day occurred to him that that's a, that's a road, right? That's just a road. So he walked it. He walked that rail, that, that rail, that, those rails all the way to the Union line and freed himself. Wow. <laughs> then he came back as a spy, right? And, and, and helped, helped the Union take over that part of, of Virginia. And then he used the same, he, and he used the same technique to get his wife off the plantation, right? Right, 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 right. right, right. And, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. After yeah. the war, he, he, after the war, he, um, we, him and his wife moved to Long Island. And, and became um, a guy who raised, who made pickles, and became um, renowned on that end of the island as, as the Pickle King, which is the name of the song. Mm-hmm. But but the other songs on the, on the yeah, there's songs on there that that are that the some of these are old. They stretch um, over a few years. And the oldest song on that on the uh, on the um, um, project is a song written for Yusuf uh, Hawkins, who mm. was who was um, gunned down in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, back mm. in the 1980s. Okay. Um, you know, so um, um, and it was my it was the first LG I wrote for African Americans who got shot down and you know killed, <laughs> right. you know, yeah. um, and um, uh, so 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 those themes are what and it felt like Memphis would be the best wonderful location to do that right to 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 yeah. record those kind of songs in that kind of setting. Yeah. The the afternoon before we went down to record that he recorded in the evening, um, we 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 went to the. Um, um, Oh God! Uh, the hotel where where Martin Luther King was was assassinated. Um, right, I'm messing right, yeah. it up too. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm, 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 I don't I believe I'm doing, but I'm, I'm blotting it out. Um, and we didn't do we didn't go into the tour because we realized that had we gone through it, we would have been too bummed out to actually play that night. Right. right? You can actually you 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 you, you go in um, and you know you it's a museum now, of course, and mm-hmm. and you go there and you end up in the room. Where where he was when he was shot? Oh my gosh. And you actually walk out to the balcony. Oh no! Right. So yeah, yeah. so it's a it's a <laughs> it was it was it was pretty um, uh, powerful. But it's also mm-hmm. Memphis, right? Which right, is which right, is right. Ama- which is also an amazing town, right? right in terms right, of music, right, in terms right, of you know, I mean, this culture is is an amazing town. So so we were all sort of like in that. We we were only immersed in it for for like you know forty eight hours, but it was an incredible trip. Yeah, I can only imagine that uh, being in that location. Yeah. And. and uh, would affect your performance, yeah. or yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it the turned, depth of it. It really, it, it really did. I, I, yeah. I, I, um, I really felt that um, you could feel the ghost. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, when 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 you're there, not just not just the. Uh, uh, the, the idea of how racism works, but also the idea of being in that room, um, mm-hmm. uh, being in that room in, in Sun Studio. It, it's the room. It is the room where all that stuff got got made. When Elvis Elvis made us and Jerry wow. Lewis made those songs, and wow. you know, you know, <laughs> all, all those blues guys. You know, that is so amazing. That is so cool. The room is incredible. <laughs> the, the construction. Sam uh, Phillips was an absolute um, sonic genius because the way he set that room up. Uh, it was raining outside. It was raining cats and dogs. That mm-hmm. that studio is like. There's a room. You go right. It's right on the street. Right? What does it look like? I'm just uh, um, when you're inside. It's is it, very small. It's like a little clubhouse, okay. right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So, 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 so it's right on the street. There's a there's a there's a room between that and and the and the studio, right? Right. And and it's not much. You think there's not much insulation there. Whatever whatever's going on, but it was raining cats and dogs when, when we when we arrived. Yeah, yeah. And you couldn't hear it. The door was open between wow. doors open between those two wow. rooms. You couldn't hear it. You couldn't hear it at all. Yeah. And and we recorded without headphones. Oh. We just set. We just set. They set the mics up. We sat down, 
It, it, the the the, uh, huh. the the acoustics in that room were absolutely amazing. So it's your normally you have headphones. Oh on, yeah, yeah, just yeah, so you can, can hear, hear exactly what's, what's going, going on. on. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so you're saying that didn't need it. It was so quiet. It was didn't need it. You did not need it. It was incredible. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. Lisa took a video of us actually recording the first song, and 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 and, and I'm stunned by it. it's on on an iPhone, right? Okay, it sounds incredible. Okay, yeah. I wanted to go back like to uh, one thing you mentioned before the first song. Uh, and about the railroads. Uh, first of all, what's the RFG? That's like I the, knew uh, what it was, and unfortunately, oh, okay. you know, I, 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 this is this came from a story that a friend of mine, a um, um, bandmate, my my full band, uh, okay. uh, Rough Magic, gave me. Right? Oh, okay, right, right. Right. And, and 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 it was it was like she gave me this article from the New York Times about uh, racism. Uh, about, okay, okay, and, okay. And, and this heroic <laughs> story about this guy, and I remember I mean, it is there yeah. what the name of the railroad actually is, right? Uh, like, okay. like, uh, but 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 I was it was great because just by just dumb luck, it becomes this great cadence, right? Yes, yeah, okay. Like, yeah. Well. Yeah, because it's stuck in. It's my, I mean, exactly. I, I remember yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, but I don't remember what they stand for. What they okay. stand for. But well, you can look it up. Is there? They're well, there. That, that's cool. Yeah. And then the other thing about railroads that uh, I just kept thinking of, like uh, the Pullman porters and yeah. how that yeah. helped uh, African Americans establish themselves. Yeah. At least that segment of them in the middle class. And oh yeah. And how uh, they came out here. My grandfather worked for Rock Island Railroad oh, in Little Rock. Yeah. You know, back in the day. Yeah. So. Uh, well, I grew up um, on Dead End Street in Rochester. That was um, up against the. Um, Pennsylvania Railroad. There was a, a loading dock mm-hmm. for a lumber yard across across the tracks from where we live. So trains mm-hmm. figure great. I mean, it's not there now. I mean, that's all filled in. But you know, but yeah. when I was growing up, that's where it was. So listening to trains and playing on the railroad tracks for me was a, you yeah. know, is a is a childhood memory. So, so yeah, yeah, a very yeah. deep one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, I also wanted to talk about and one song in particular that I really liked. I mentioned this to you before was Fare They Well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and in particular. At least for uh, me, is uh, the the refrain in there: "Tell the truth and shame the devil." Yeah, yeah. which uh, I was telling you, my mom used to always say that, and I could hear her voice yeah. coming back. And uh, can you tell? Do you know much about like where that came well, from? Well, it's, it's, that? well, you know, it's, it's one of those 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 those. those Phrases that you just hear, right? People, okay. I've heard that many times, usually by older people, right? Right, 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 right. right. And uh, uh, I mean, it's older people. Now I'm in my sixties. <laughs> sound like I think older people. I'm, I'm the older people now, right? I, I hear right, you. Yeah, but, 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 when I, but when I was, but when I was a kid, that, that's what that's what you'd hear. You all tell the truth to shame the devil, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And I remembered that when I was writing the song. I actually wrote the song. Um, at the Comic Con workshop, I was about to do a reading with another poet who's a blues poet named Gary Lilly. Oh, I know. Of course, I yeah, know Gary. Well. I, I wondered yeah, if yeah, you yeah, did. Yeah. I wondered if you did. Yeah, we right? were yeah. Warren Wilson together. Yeah, I almost went to Warren Wilson together. My okay. God, this, this, world, this 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 world is smaller than this room we're recording. <laughs> this <laughs> just, room, just, just so you know, is very small. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But 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 Gary and I were going to do a reading um, in Pittsburgh um, uh, every year at Comic Con. Um, uh, there's a there's a there's a reading downtown for Comic Con. Um, uh, you know. Um, uh, faculty and we, we do we do two readings. That's at the City of Asylum. Yeah, City of Asylum. We do we do every, yeah okay, we do yeah. it every year at City of Asylum in Pittsburgh. And Gary and I was going to read, and we decided to do some music together, of course. And I wrote that song with the hope that we were going to re, um, uh, play it live for the first time, but we never got enough time to actually rehearse it. Mm-hmm. But I was I wrote that that song with Gary in mind. 
Right. Ah, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. No wonder I like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There are all these yeah, connections. Yeah, that's 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 more, that's more for the Gary in there. Got right? my mom. Yeah, I got yeah, Gary. Yeah, 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 I got yeah. Kevin. I guess it's a small, small world, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, so we're gonna play uh, a bit of that song. about this other project you're doing, which will uh, reincorporate or bring back, I think, uh, Michael Harper. But uh, you've written some songs to uh, Sterling A. Brown's mm-hmm. uh, poems. Yes, that's right. right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for our listeners, just uh, tell us uh, just briefly, who is Sterling well, A. Brown? The fastest way of saying this is Sterling mm-hmm. A. Brown was an African-American poet. Um, he... he um, uh, his his he, 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 it's, it's really interesting. You people should look him up because mm-hmm. because what I'm going to say is very is the Reader's Digest version of a very very rich um, life. Mm-hmm. Um, he taught at Howard. Um, he uh, he was a um, uh, I think he went to Harvard or Yale. I forget which one was two of the Ivies he went to. Uh, um, um, uh, but but he was. Um, uh, a contemporary uh, of Langston Hughes um, mm-hmm. um, in that era, um, but I think that um, Sterling doesn't get the attention he really deserves. Um, uh, I, I, I so I, I have of course read his poems. Yeah, but I know that they're. Um, my recollection is they were in dialect. Is that correct? That, no, really? no, 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 no. Right. That's that's what I mean. That's what I mean by, by Sterling. I mean, yes, okay. some some of it's in dialect, some of it isn't. Some right, of it's right, a okay. combination of dialect and, and standard okay. English. All right, right, right. He he's a man on a mission about African American okay. culture, right, right, and, right, and folklore, right? right, right. And he is really, to me, I, I say this often, but I say I'll say it again that he's basically, I think he's a, he's the poet laureate of the Jim Crow South, right? right, right. He basically nails that. Partly, I think, because because um, his his father uh, owned land there. They had they had a uh, you know, some sort of um, uh, farm or something, you know, there, and you could see how he's tied to that, um, uh, and and um, there's, there's location in in Sterling Brown that you don't get quite. It's a different location than say than say um, uh, the Harlem of, of Langston Hughes, right? Was right. urban, right? Yes, right. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's a different. It's a different location, and he really um, highlights a lot of African American life. Having, I mean, it, it's is it, you know, he thinks about this in heroic terms, as if you're thinking about maybe um, Keats or Yeats or something along along those lines, right? right. A, a national uh, tongue. That's well. I think of a little right. bit like uh, maybe. Maybe this is wrong, but Zora Neale Hurston, who they're, they're close to that, yeah, who yeah. Uh, was obviously a, a uh, such a student of uh, the South and um, uh, the linguistics yes. and yeah. speaking in in that, but also I think she went to what is the Seven Sisters. Right, she exactly. was also exactly yeah. uh, had that high. Academic sheen. Yeah, to, yeah, to but, 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 and because of that, mm-hmm. they go into this with, with a different kind of mission, I think, right? Mm-hmm. When, at some point, we're going to have some parties going to start talking about the impact uh, 
uh, the Academy has on these writers, right? right. And, uh, and how, it, how it turns into this thing, I think for Sterling, and again, I don't want to, uh, I'm not a Sterling scholarship, I don't want to talk out of turn, but, sure. but, but the, way it ex- it, the way it sort of uh, impressed me was that he sort of realized that, you know, this should be here too. This is just as, as you know, rich and, you know, uh, meaningful. Absolutely. Right, right? right, right. And, and, and his mission was to try to get this, you know, you know in the academy, deeply in-rooted. So, so, so you stop thinking about it as something other than, right, that you embrace it as something that's, that's almost really, is really American, right? Right, right. You know, right. More, in some ways more American than, you know, than, you know, than anything else. I mean, American in the same ways that I guess you think about jazz, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, something that has an African-American root, but of course, as you, of course, as you can also make the argument that all music has an African-American root. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, uh, this, this idea about being American, uh, because I think I go back again to my parents, and I would, you know, I'm, very, I'm relatively light-skinned, African-American, but I would, you know, yeah. some teacher would come up to say, well, what's your ethnicity or what are you? And I asked my parents, you know, as little, what do yeah, I tell them? Right, yeah. And they would say, you tell them you're an American. Yeah. You know? And I said, well, that <laughs> yeah. doesn't sound so yeah, great. Yeah, gonna, well, <laughs> that's, that's nice in theory, but yeah, yeah, it's a little complicated. But, 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 but yeah, but, but to go back to, to, to that, I mean, that, mm-hmm. that was, so, so, so um, Sterling uh, collected poems. It's just about to be re-released in the spring mm-hmm. from Northwestern University Press. Right. So, uh, few, but a few years ago, um, bef- um, I was invited by the Poetry Society of America to be part of a of a, um, a program they were doing at Cooper Union, okay. um, and and I was and I was invited to set music to three of Sterling's poems, but they didn't tell me which three. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? So I got my copy of, of the collected uh, uh, okay. uh, that I have. I, I actually have, as it turns out, over the years, I actually have, some, I have three of them. I don't know how I got a whole three, but I have three mm-hmm. copies of, of, of his collected. Um, and, I, and, and I would just go through them and try to figure out what would I do, which ones would, which would, which ones would work. And um, I started off with um, a poem called Mommy Ruth. Um, uh, which, which is uh, which is about this this African American woman who's pretty much uh, you know discarded, right? You know, and um, you know the, the the family has discarded her. Everyone runs over her, and it's basically you know you know uh, my my as well bury her and bury her deep. My as well you know, put her where she can sleep, and it goes on about this great thing. And I started strumming the guitar and figuring out a melody for it and, and realized, oh my God, that really works as a song because huh. he uses the ballad form so often, right? Okay. Right, right? The, you know, all the poems are, are written, the scansion you know, is, is really tight and precise. Right. His, um, uh, and, and he's always borrowing, you know. Uh, uh, so, so how did you get around that? Like, in, he was a man, what form is that in? Because we're going to play some of that. That's, that's a ballad. That's a ballad. That's, that's a ballad. ballad. So, yeah. I mean, to me, that just uh, seems when you're singing it just so uh, I don't know natural or it seems so much like just the average idiom it doesn't it doesn't sound to me like like meter it doesn't that's his like genius I, you know it, that's it, how well written amazing. it is yeah, yeah I mean yeah. really I'm, I'm here I'm, I'm living with Sterling's poems for the last three or four or five years right mm-hmm. that's what I've, I've really grown to totally respect him as a, as a writer. I mean, yeah, it's invisible. It's invisible to that, but that's not accidental. That is really precision writing that you're hearing there that make it sound like it. And of course, I had to, my first my first mm-hmm. flush of, of working on this project, because mm-hmm. I, I just started, I, once I started, I couldn't stop. It was like eating peanuts. So it was like, oh, I do mm-hmm. try this, try this, try this. <laughs> and um, and, and, I, and my, my first flush when I was doing it was sort of like, oh my God, how come nobody's done this? 
right? <laughs> I, I mean, this is like, this is just so easy. I mean, my God, you know. I, and I actually did a, I did a Google search to see if anybody else had done this before, and I couldn't find anybody. I found one or two examples, but nobody's touched Sterling. Yeah, I'll tell you, I was just knocked out when I uh, you sent me that uh, sound file. Yeah, and I listened to he was a man, and I. Was just yeah. literally blown. I'm not exaggerating. No, no, no. I'm glad you like him. No, I'm glad you like him. But that, but that was, I was, I was I, and I, I was like, my God, I can't believe anyone's done this. Todd Mahal mm-hmm. hasn't done this. Uh, the chocolate, <laughs> the, you know, the chocolate drops yeah. haven't done this. I can't, I can't believe no one's ever picked this up. And then I was like, but, but over the years, I've, I've changed my position. My position mm. on this has been, you know what? It's not. They're not supposed to be set to music. Okay. Yeah. You know, the okay. vehicle for for delivery for Sterling Brown's poems is the human voice. Right, mm-hmm. and what you said, you know, was, sounds like somebody talking. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. It's supposed yeah. to be, you know, sometimes, sometimes in persona, sometimes not. Right, yeah. but the speaker is. That's right. It's a human being talking to. St- you know, mm-hmm. I talked to old Lem. Old Lem said, you know, and, and off we go. Right. Right. It, it's meant to be somebody reciting um, this. You know, it's almost, it's almost it's close to almost like. Uh, uh, an earlier, early, early version of the dozens, or early, early vision, version of what turns into, into rap. I'm just talking to you, man, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I mean that that's how we that's how we locates these poems, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you could oh, see, just mention that, like a quick summary of the story of that oh, poem. Because I'm going to I'm going to he was a man's a, a, he was a man's about a lynching, right? right, right. And a lynching um, in the Jim Crow South. Which, which means that um, the the protagonist, the hero of the story, uh, who's not the speaker of, of the poem, mm-hmm. right? It's just telling the story. He does this a lot. Mm-hmm. He'll talk. He'll do third person. I will tell you a story from. I talked to somebody so or, or or old woman said this, and I, I'll, I'll tell you this. But here's the story. Um, the, the guy uh, was this really this, this, this really calm, you know, nice guy uh, who lived in um, on the shore, eastern shore in, in Virginia. Um, he got into uh, into a fight with a with a white guy. There was there weapons were were, were pulled. Uh, he got he shot first, got the guy, and then retribution flowed down flowed down like like water. Right. right. So it's it sounded like, like it was in self defense. It was in self defense, but and, but but and he, he's also wounded. They come, they pull him out of the African American um, uh, hospital, hospital, and they string him up, and they just they don't just hang him. They hang him. They shoot him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they mutilate his body. And as they're doing it, mm-hmm. they're turning it. They're turning it into. They turn it into a, um, a celebration, a fun thing to do, which happened, right? Right. So, so, so I'm not sure whether the it's actually about a particular incident he's talking about, or he's talking about the, that whole idea of when you know this happens. It, ha- it happens sure. this way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's you, some people must have heard those stories about people. Um, Taking postcards of these things and selling postcards of, of lynchings. Yes, right? in fact, I, I, I've seen those. Yeah, yeah, yeah very yeah. disturbing. Yeah. And uh, but there's something about like the subject matter when you just describe it, just in that summary, which it just sounds so horrible and inhuman. It is that that is. I don't, I don't know. Humanize isn't the right word, but that the song there's some there's a depth to it and a calmness to it. Yeah. That and a that can describe it without minimizing it. Uh, this is but what it, 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 it somehow it, it somehow it. Uh, it's not give order to it, but somehow it makes you able. To think about it or right. talk about it right, and right. some approach it in some way other right. than hysteria or right. <laughs> being well, well, broken this, or well, <laughs> that means, that's, why, that's why I can say I'm the Jim the, the poet laureate of Jim Crow stuff. He he does it this right. way, right? Mm-hmm. He'll set up so you have to you have to see it. 
Mm-hmm. You have to see it. It, is, it, is, it isn't sort of like, you know, um, you don't, you don't, you don't, he doesn't put an, an extra ounce of, of, of anything else on it than what it is, right? You get to see what it is, right? That's what is happening. Mm-hmm. This, is what, this is what's going on. And it's also the culture. You know, this idea when we talk about state rights, mm-hmm. that's state rights, right? Mm-hmm. The culture, you know, the, mm-hmm. the custom. Right. right. Custom is, is is that you have a right when you feel offended by an African American, you have a right to do whatever you want to that body. Right. You get to destroy that body. That that's Emmett Till. Right. Yeah, that's sure. Emmett Till. You know, sure. that, you know, so 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 it's so so it's basically, you know, and you can do it with impunity because you know you'll never get you'll you never get um, you'll there'll be no repercussions for it. The end of end of Sterling's poem is him basically saying they you know, the, the coroner and the sheriff said, Death by hands unknown, right? Right. Uh, even though there was a crowd and a you know uh, Tons of witnesses and saying that, well, who did? I don't know. Whoever. Wow, wow. Too bad about that African-American. Right? I'm, that's not the word they use in the poem. But, you know, that, that, that's, that's what we're getting at. And um, the, uh, it's just I'm going to be a, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a, a mirror. I'm going to show you what this is. I want, I want, you're going to have to gaze into this when you read this poem. Yeah. You know? Well, it, you know, I, it reminded me when I uh, looked at it, my, I, uh, after my father who had died, and he was he was an actor, and uh, he did a lot of different interesting uh, things. But I was going through his old scrapbook, and he'd have clippings from his the plays he was in, or this society person, or that. And then you know he was probably a young man in his, in the thirties and forties. But then I would see interspersed in this big album. Uh, newspaper accounts of lynchings yeah. and things like that. Yeah. And it was, you know, just this, despite him carrying on his life and moving through the world and being successful yeah. and doing all these things, there was this uh, I don't know, specter, I don't know what the word is, well, this there, sure, there was sure. this presence sure, that, sure, was, sure. that was part of his life. Yeah, it, it's part of the, it's woven into what the experience is, right? I mean, I don't want to, I mean, I mean, the thing about Sterling's voice is what you're getting here. At, at, at how, another way of answering your question about why it works, it works because it's the calm voice. Right. It, you know, it isn't. It isn't. It, it, like I said, there's not an extra ounce of emotion on there. It's not dis, dispassionate. Right. It is, no, it is not. You know? yeah, but, yeah. but 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 it, you know, but it's a calm voice telling you this story. Mm-hmm. This is what happened. This, right. is, this is what they did to this guy. Right. And you know what? And and, mm-hmm. and and that that relates to 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 uh, to you know this idea of this what you the hmm, how can I put this? It, it's kind of like the the um, what you're trying to get at too. You know the, the dread. You know the, mm-hmm. the you know the, the feeling that it's always there. Right. Mm-hmm. That if you that if you run into the wrong cop, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. or if you run into the wrong situation, right, mm-hmm. right, that person is probably going to take you out, and that person is probably going to get away with it. Like if it was the cops, the cops going to get probably going to get away with it because of the fear of the black body, right. Mm-hmm. So 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 he's he really, I think for me, Sterling really just sort of like figures out how to make that work for him. It wasn't about no homo. It wasn't about no rape. He wasn't crazy and he wasn't drunk. And it wasn't no shooting scrape. He was mad. And it laid him down. He wasn't no quarrelsome fella. And he let other folks alone. But he took a life. As a man will do in a fight to save his own He was a man And it laid him down 
worked on his little home place down on the eastern shore. He had his family and he had his friends and he didn't expect much more. He was a man and they laid him down. So uh, I'd like to move now to um, oh. This uh, it was a, a New York Times article. It was uh, this is kind of oh that was funny <laughs> in a way that it's kind of silly, but no, no. Anyway, I think it was like it really caught my yeah. eye. It was November thirtieth of last year. It was in the New York Times, and it was the Black Male Voices of Our Time. I think was the title of the story, and uh, they got together thirty-two of the best playwrights, novelists, nonfiction writers, poets, and uh, and you were all photographed. It reminded me of that photograph on that stoop in yeah. New York. In Harlem. The, the great fi- day in Harlem, the fifth, right? The yeah. great day in Harlem, yeah. that yeah. thing. And so I just thought that was so cool. Tell me a little bit, how, how did you get asked to Beats do that? Beats me. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you know. It's deserving. You know, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but I was approached by the New York Times to, to, to do this, and mm-hmm. um, and I did. So uh, it was it was, it was, it was um, – in a church in Brooklyn, um, okay. and uh, uh, it was quite an afternoon. I mean, I, I ran to people I hadn't seen in years. Uh, you know, it, it was it was a really wonderful. Just, just I mean, I, 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 what can I tell you? I mean, we, we, we well, 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 let me tell you. Um, um, the uh, the uh, wardrobe was really interesting. Because what do you mean, Roger? Oh, did they, they have? They, we all got dressed up. That's not that's not my. I don't wear these kind of clothes. Well, I saw you know, those right, yeah. I said I yeah. started to feel bad because I said yeah, everyone's yeah. so well dressed. No, 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 no. I mean, some of them do. I'm not, don't get me wrong. I mean, some of them are in that echelon. Some didn't need any wardrobe at all because that's the way they live there. You know, but 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 the but the majority of us don't dress that way. So 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 they dressed us up, right? So so most of the afternoon was us getting into makeup and to you know and, and into wardrobe and you know and you know making sure our hair was good and. You you know, you know, and 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 then they just they marched us over to 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 the site where the shot was, and and spent a few more hours just getting us all in in you know in position. Oh wow! It was but it was a fun afternoon. It was a fun afternoon. I mean, yeah. and, and unique. I I don't think you'll see that kind of uh, afternoon again. And I and I really felt it was uh, it was wonderful uh, to acknowledge that. Why do you say that? Well, think. because uh, you know, so often. Um, Black anything doesn't get that much attention, you know, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so it's, it's so it was really interesting that they actually went for uh, for black writers and also black male writers, you know, um, which was so, again sort of took me. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, I, I, I only think about it in that context, right? Yeah. Right. But 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 there it was, and it was really wonderful to see so many people in one space at one time. You know, yeah. I was just one thing that I thought of while you were talking was uh, having, everyone had to, or many of the people had to get dressed up and they had to have a wardrobe. But I'm thinking of that old picture of these jazz greats. And then I was thinking of, again, my father's old album and, and my aunties and uncles, everybody. It seemed and why it would dress yeah. up, you know. Well, it was like, and and all those great jazz musicians are yeah, yeah. in suits. Of and course, man, that, that, that was the idea, right? I mean, uh-huh. to, I mean, it, it's a strategy. Right, mm-hmm. it's it's always a strategy. Strategy is is, mm-hmm. is is that because 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 the the understanding is that you're not real, 
Mm-hmm. You, you might be doing this music stuff, but it's not real music. It's, it's, it's jungle music. It ain't nothing for jazz. You're talking about jazz. It ain't nothing, but it come, comes from the Bordellos of, of New Orleans and stuff like that. It's jungle music. You know? And so those musicians, the part of their response to that was simply, no, 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 no. I'm just, you know, you know, we, we look clean, we look cool, you know, right, right. And, and it's like that's the way we're going to carry ourselves, right? Right, right. I mean, sure. in, and and you see that duplicated. You know, the the you know, the, port, the, you know, the the uh, uh, the 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 people on the railroad, the porters. You know, you, you know, everybody had that had that idea. It wasn't sort of. I don't know. I don't believe it was sort of like some people are disgusted. But you just knew it, right? If you're going to go out there in that big white world, you're going to have to do something. Some of them know that you know you have to pay attention to me. There's this. Um, it's it's so interesting that you uh, would say that because. At least in my own mind now, you think of these, you know, Monk and Dizzy. Oh, I know, and I know. Yeah. Bird and all these, uh, they're like these iconic figures, musical geniuses. You don't even uh, think of those in the, those terms. Yeah. But then I'm thinking when I was very little of, yeah, the world my parents were in. Right, exactly. And, the world your parents were in. Exactly. you're absolutely right. That's right. They, 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 yeah. they, they basically were carrying themselves. You know, that's the idea. We're going to be clean. We're going to be dressed. We're going to be, you know, you know mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, was, that, that was a strategy, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and so, so, so that, that gets duplicated in a, lot of, in a lot of ways. I mean, we don't do that as, as the same way, but, but, it was, but that shoot was kind of like a, you know, like a little <laughs> nod to that, <laughs> to that old tradition. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, one thing I, I did without letting you go is I wanted to talk a little bit about um, Kavi Khanna okay, sure. and also uh, Rooted and Written. The, the Grotto has an, an initiative where we're trying to, uh, you know, recruit and encourage uh, uh, persons of color, writers of color to, uh, to amplify their voices mm-hmm, and get mm-hmm. them out there. And we recently had an initiative where... Um, we had writers of color here, and, and for free, the Grotto, we taught classes and provided support. So um, maybe you could just talk a little bit about Kaveh uh, Khanum, how you came up with the idea and, and well, what it's about maybe for people well, who don't know. Well, well, what you're doing uh, and what Kaveh Khanum is doing is pretty much the same thing, okay. just providing a space where, where writers can find themselves, mm-hmm. right? And when I say find themselves, it means, um, you know, it, it, can, uh, it can be yourself, your, your voice on the page, but also can be the idea that you, you realize that you're now part of a community. When Tully and I were starting Cave Econom uh, almost 25 years ago now, um, um, and I hate, I hesitate saying this because, you know, it makes it sound like we invented the wheel and we really didn't. You know what I mean? There, there's so yeah. many other groups out, out there that, that, were, that are and still doing this, you know, in terms of literary activism, right? Um, but but CopyCon was gotten noticed, right? And, and it was one of those things where basically uh, back in the day uh, it was just hard, you know? It's hard to be a writer at all, hard to be a poet at all. Yeah, you know? I, for those who don't know, like CopyCon is an um, organization right. that has a retreat every year. It's for African-American poets. And uh, as you said, it started 25 years ago and uh, has been remarkably successful. I mean, uh, j- just amazing poets. I'm going to, but just off the top of my head, like Natasha Trethewey right. 
and Terrence Hayes, Tyma, people Tyma Jess, uh, yeah. Tracy K. Smith, um, yeah, yeah. Nikki Finney, who wasn't who wasn't uh, in Covey Conum, but actually was a, was, yeah. was a faculty member at Covey Conum. Um, Michael Harper taught there. Uh, you, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it it goes it goes on and on. Who, who, yeah. who, who, who've, uh, yeah. who've since won Pulitzer Prizes, yes. National Book, Book Awards, Awards yes, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Uh, last yeah. last year we had uh, last last uh, uh, retreat. We actually had. Uh, uh, two people who had just won the National Book Award <laughs> and right. the Rome Prize, <laughs> right, 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 you know, right. in the circle. So it was it was just one of those things where, where you just sort of like these these are things that I would not have even dreamt of twenty five years ago. Right, and uh, I guess to put it into context, there were like uh, great uh, writers. I I knew one I studied with in law school, Robert Hayden, and they yeah, were talking right. about Sterling Brown, right, who were poets as writing poetry as well as anybody in the 20th century who, other than you were saying early in his career, Sterling Brown, maybe during the Harlem Renaissance, or would have a book or two, but were largely unrecognized. Well, go back to Sterling. Sterling had a a book that came out, I think, in the 30s, something like that. And he didn't have another book come out for another 30, 40 years. And the only reason... He had you know, that book came out. It was was a collective of his or a selected of his, and that was only because Michael Harper, right? Uh, oh, it, it was God. a National Book Series, right? Um, right. Um, um, and and um, Sterling was the very first book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way Harper described it to me, um, he had to insist a little. <laughs> <laughs> let's, put it, let's put it that way, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, that 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 Sterling was going to be the person who did, and, and he. And, but there's a gap of about thirty years. For me, probably even more between his first book and the second book. Um, it, it book the book came out, I think, during the Harlem Renaissance, and then um, the craze for it mm-hmm. for African American stuff, you know, shifted again. And he didn't get another book out until the National Book Series. Uh, um, and and um, by then, he was teaching at Harvard. Um, he he had. In the in the interim, he'd done a lot of academic books, right? He just, he, he he's really good with folklore. He's really he's written uh, he wrote lo- lots of good books about about theater and stuff like that, African American theater and why it's necessary and what it is. He's done some really great academic works, but no poetry, un, un, you know, until that next book. So, <laughs> you know, um, you, you know, you know, it it, it was it's, it was kind of like that. There was a desert there for a while, right? Right. I, I remember the first time I I, I read um, Yusuf Kamanyaka. I was actually living in Virginia at the time. I was mm-hmm. teaching at Sweetbriar College, and um, I went to a youth bookstore in um, Charlottesville, and I saw this book by this younger um, African American male who was being published by Wesleyan University Press. And back in the day, Wesleyan mm-hmm. was really was really like mm-hmm. the one of the the poetry presses, you know. Sure. You know, and so I was stunned by that, and I was also stunned by the fact that I didn't know who the hell he was, mm-hmm. right? Um, but 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 it was, it was like that. It was, it was like I was in this desert, and suddenly I, I, there was a little bit of a there was a there was a there was a bucket of water uh, there. And I was like, "Who is this guy? Oh my God, he's amazing! Who is that? How come I don't know who he is?" He right? was one of the first from that generation. I remember he was he did teach at Squaw Valley, which oh, I've yeah. been to a couple of times, yeah, and yeah. so I think maybe of that generation, yourself included, yeah, of yeah. course, but maybe read it, Dove, right. and you see. Yeah, I mean, Kominyaka. and yeah, a 30-year gap between um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Gwendolyn Brooks getting the Pulitzer and Rita Dove getting it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then, it's, you know, and now, and, it's, and the funny thing about this is that every, up until now, right, up until now, every poet, black poet who has won the Pulitzer from that point on has a Kavikam connection. 
That's unbelievable. Right? Yusuf taught a comic <laughs> on him. Rita taught a comic on him. Uh, Tracy K. Smith was was a, was actually a fellow comic on him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 one of those things that you know, time adjusts. You know, it was it was comic fellow. Of course, yeah. oh, you, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it it just it was every poet from that point on has a comic on connection to it, which blows my mind. Um, it, it we're we that was a world where basically you get one. Right, mm-hmm. you know, right. you get one. Uh, you, if you're a publisher, you have one, right? Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. And forget about poets of color. Mm-hmm. We're just talking about African American versus non African American, right? Mm-hmm. right? I mean, African American versus white. Not we, we don't even talk about you know all the other poets that are out there. There were Latino, there was there was Asian American, there was Asia. There, you know, you right. know, it, you they, they you, you were just not paid attention to. So yeah. Comic Con was kind of a corrective to that, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or, or at least our, no, not corrective, uh, our response to that. Right. We, we, wanted to, we wanted to pick up, a, we wanted to make a space where basically you, you, could, you, could, you could actually, again, find out who you were. Also, partly this was because of things, Toy tells this great story. Um, who is uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm well, I was going to say the more I listen to you it, it, talk, I'm just thinking of like the the ripples that have come out of that decision that you and Toy oh, yeah. made in the '90s, and I think probably rooted and written would not exist in a lot of these other organizations, but for uh, that movement. Uh, <laughs> I think it's safe to say that there's something we call the Cavicom effect, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, know, you know that that. It, Bolstered and encouraged, encouraged other people to to do this too. Now I don't know if there's a direct you know, you know um, direction between between Calvin and Liquid, but you know, sure. but 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 uh, but I'm not claiming that. But but I'm saying that that the atmosphere has shifted a little, and right. and that little shift I think was there because Calvin was at the center of it, right? right. So 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 it's one of those things where basically people started to be emboldened that suddenly, oh, I can do this too, right? Um, um, and, and we get things like uh, uh, Kundiman, and you get things like you know Leto's Latinas, and you get things like that, where basically people are starting using the Calvin kind of models. As a matter of fact, they both those organizations told us directly that they're using our model as a jumping off point for what they're doing now. Um, so, so it's it's kind of changed the landscape um, in, in a way that we that yeah, the toy and I weren't even um, could possibly predict when we started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just truly amazing, but. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. I guess <laughs> since, <What? laughs> I've, since I've got you here, okay, sure. I'm a little bashful, but what? I just, uh, if you would indulge me, uh, like one of, we've had all this heavy political talk yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and the rest of it, but like one of my favorite uh, poems is a lead poem from Hard-Headed Weather. It's oh, called the, the White, the White couch. couch. Sure. And would you mind reading that? No, no, okay. not, not, okay. not at all, okay. not at all, not at all. The White Couch comes about from... Um, um, my wife and I buying a house in upstate New York in this place called uh, in Green County. It's a little town um, called um, Acre, uh, outside of a little town called Cairo. And the thing about that is that it's a, uh, you know, it was the first time we ever bought property. Up at that point, we just, we were renters. We're still renters in a, in a way. But this, this, that was the first house we ever bought together. And, um, uh, um, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, you know, we didn't know. <laughs> I mean, I, what I love about this poem is it is so much about uh, everyday life. Yeah, it's so much uh, just the the sense of humor. It's not 
Yeah, I don't want to no, 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 analyze no, your poem no, in front no, of you. No, no, I just no, love this no, no, you're absolutely right. Most, most people think I'm this hard-ass poet that always, always <laughs> talks about the, the, the oppression of the, of, of the black people by the white people. And, you know, and, you know, and, and I, you know, I kind of get that, right? I mean, that's, that's, that is something that I'm really uh, occupied with, you know, right. and, and you see it. But, but if you really read my work, all of it, you'd see the, the different variations of it. It's not all about, you know. Uh, only about this, but or maybe another way of putting that is the sort of like the totality of being an African American isn't simply only about race; it's also about living, right? Of course. So, 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 so the poems also touch upon what it's like just to live, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And 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 this is this is one this is one of those poems. So, the white couch that I found on the curb, a door or two down from the new school in New York, just at the moment my wife and I were looking for furniture for our new house. This is how marriage works. Guy and gal fall in love. Gal moves in. The bachelor pad with the clean, white IKEA sofa is out. This is the way marriage works. Guy and gal buy house. Guy and gal fight over what should go in it. Both problems get settled in the street. I sit on the couch. The couch is mine. I grab my cell phone. I call my wife at work. I found the couch. I cannot move or we lose the couch. The couch is perfect. The couch is free. I wait for Sarah. I guard the couch. Don't touch the couch. Don't consider the couch. And now it starts to rain. I will not move from the couch. And now the sun goes down. I will not budge from the couch. Sarah arrives. The couch is perfect. The couch is free. We guard the couch. We are too weak to lift the couch. We are too few to carry the couch. We fear the rain will soak the couch. We are on the couch, but let's be real. It's New York City. We're easy pickings on the couch. A truck might roll by and take the couch. Maybe we're not meant to have this couch. Maybe we're not worthy. Maybe the Greek gods are having fun with us. Look at them, fools. They will not budge off the couch. Then the torrent, the East Village skinhead, the cops. We need a car to carry the couch. We need some ropes to tie down the couch. One of us must leave the couch. One of us must guard the couch. I am the one who leaves the couch. I am the one who looks for Sarah's mom, who gives me her key, who lends us her car. I am the one who walks the streets searching for rope. Anyone who thinks New York never sleeps should search for rope after 9 p.m. I drift from grocery to magazine shop. What do they think I'm after? My friend, I need something heavier than twine. I examine package after package like a wine snob. Too thin. Too short, not enough hef. Maybe they grunt at what I choose and wait for the headline tomorrow. Oh, yeah, that guy. Night has fallen on the couch. Rain is falling on the couch. My wife is sitting on the couch. What will happen next? How shall we lift the couch? How will we tie down the couch? How far will the couch go? before it slips its strings and flies stone-like to the road. And who shall lie beneath the couch? And who shall sue us for this couch? 
This is where the doorman arrives. He's watched us find and guard the couch. He's watched us find a car to carry the couch. He sees us as we try to lift the couch. This is where the doorman arrives, like the woodchopper who breaks down the door and saves the red-hooded child, like the wand in the cartoon witch's hand that changes time, space, luck. This is the man who has the rope. This is the man who brings his muscles, and the couch is lifted to the roof of the tiny Chevy, and his rope becomes a tight fist of knots, and he tells us the story of how the couch landed on the curb just before I walked by, and how this happens all the time in the ex-East Block country he comes from. All this moving, he says. Uh, he says. This is living. This is life. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I just, it's like this mini epic. Yeah. And, and yeah. I just, I love how, I says, how is he going to get out of this? And, yeah. and and then it's in the voice of the... Uh, of the, the guy. The, of, the of mover. The guy. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's his, really, his wisdom is if he's... Yeah, that, 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 that's really a true story. But my mother-in-law, who, 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 whose car I, we borrowed for this thing, yeah. uh, has a totally different take. Actually, what happened, the new schools, because they was actually doing... We were actually doing a Comic-Con event at the new school. Okay. And we were supposed to... We were going to go all... I think it was with Yousef. And we were going to take Yousef over to this little restaurant um, in our neighborhood. And um, they did, okay. right? And I was walking past and I found the couch and, you know, all this stuff. So I'm folding so, so I go over... Uh, uh, and, and, and get the kids. And my mother-in-law has a totally different take on what happens, right? Okay. She always says this when I read this. She's in the audience when I read the poem. I said, well, you should write your version of what happened. This is the way it happened for me. So, <laughs> you know. Um, and the other thing about it, of course, is that the, the writing of that poem is interesting because um, actually I almost closed the new and selected at that point. Mm. And, I, and, and it, this was actually the, might be the 10th or 15th, maybe 10th year. Um, around the 10th year anniversary of Kavi Khan, um, uh, my wife, uh, Sarah Micklem and Toy, uh, and I uh, decided to go back to uh, mm -hmm. Capri, which is where we got, got the idea for doing oh, Kavi Khan. Right. We, we were on vacation um, um, you know, 10 years earlier and, and uh, uh, started to get the idea for, for what would turn into Kavi Khan. And um, um, so, so we were there. And I was doing, I was going, doing, running through the um, the proofs for the for the Mac, for the for the new selective, and suddenly I realized, yeah, it wasn't enough, it wasn't mm. enough. And I started writing poems there, okay. right? Um, and and that poem was written uh, when my wife and I, my wife and my mother-in-law took a day trip um, uh, someplace. Maybe Pompeii, someplace else, you know. And I decided not to do that because I was still in the heat of, and I wrote that entire poem in one afternoon. Oh, it's great. So I think they were a little peeved I didn't go along with them, but I think, yeah, I got, that. I got this poem out of it. I, I, I can't do it. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Because you can't see it on yeah. the page, but it's in these yeah. little stanzas. Right, right. And it just, uh, so, 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 but, so, so uh, though uh, the poem is about New York, it was actually yeah. written in Italy. Okay. On, on the island of Capri. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's an expat poem. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love it. Yeah. Well, Thank you so much, uh, Cornelius, Thank you, for George. stopping by and uh, and chatting with us. Uh, it's been a real pleasure, and good luck tonight. Thank you. The, Looking forward to and, it. And uh, I'll see you there. Okay. And that's our show for today. Grotto Pod is produced by Susie Gerhardt, George Higgins, Ben Marks, Daniel Pierce, and Beth Weingarten. 
The music is by Sugartown. Grotto Pod is concocted in-house at the Writer's Grotto in San Francisco. Please review and subscribe to Grotto Pod in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, George Higgins. Thanks for listening.